Hey there, business building warrior. It's your friend, Jim, with another episode. Today is a YouTube episode. If you're watching on YouTube, you already knew that. But if you are listening on your favorite listening device with your favorite app, hey, you should know there's a few of these episodes that we do that appear on YouTube as well. So you can go to silentgym.com anytime you want to get all the resources and links we're going to talk about as well as a link to the YouTube video if you want to check out our guests today and see us on screen. But I want to talk to you a little bit about our guests today. It's Jason and Haiti. Man, I loved hanging out with these guys. They have a beautiful family. We talk a little bit about that. They started about a year ago with the Replens model. They actually did our live in-person coaching. And I'll stick a link to that in the show notes today because we've taken few dozen people through that live in-person coaching experience where we actually fly to your hometown and talk you through the whole experience of starting your business. In two days, we get you everything you need. And they're going to talk through that experience today, how that went for them. And they're doing really well now. They've got a great business. We talk about their numbers, their ROI, how they find new products. We started off within two days, we found 75 or more, I think it was 76, they said, products in two days. And half of those products are still income streams a year later. Isn't that incredible? Just by going to a couple stores with our team, we showed them how to do it. These are unique to them products. And we don't take a list with us. We find them in real time with you. That's how we train the in-person teams train. And uh, with COVID, we changed things up a little bit. We're doing some of it virtually now. It's still an incredible experience. We've got some other options for you with our coaching program, of course. But we'll stick all those links in the show notes. What I'm really excited about today is yet another couple who came from a place where they were kind of needing more income. They were in a time of transition. And now they've got a great family-based business, very stable income stream. They're looking to build on multiple income streams as well. And they've just got a great heart for others, for sharing. They've come from ministry background, like I said. Uh, So you're just going to love their heart. I'm really excited to introduce them to you. So let's jump over right now and get them on the line. So Jason, Haiti, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tim. It's an honor to be here. It's certainly a pleasure for me as well. Uh, From what I've read, I can't wait to dive into your story. Let's just go ahead and go. Okay. So yeah, we're Jason and Haiti Marshall. We've been married for nine years. We have four amazing children, Isabella, uh, David, Daniel, and Lucy. And uh, we were coaching, in-person coaching students from Brittany and Jimmy Smith. We were coached in December of 2019, so before 2020 hit. We knew that we needed in-person coaching, hands-on. And so we were like blessed and honored to Mm -hmm. have them. And we just want to say a big thank you to Jimmy and Brittany and all of their advice and tips and patience with us. We So we really, yeah, we were, we signed up to do the coaching. We had no experience at all in e-commerce. And so we we weren't really sure what we were getting into, but we knew this was something we wanted to do. And uh, we, we sat, decided to sign up for the coaching. And we had been listening to the podcast for about four months or so, four or five months. Yeah. And uh, so we, we heard some of the podcasts. We heard about the in-coach in coaching experience uh, called replens and i believe that was episode podcast 243 or so and really uh, i wouldn't have known that <laughs> so that's where we introduced the concept of the the in person coaching because we've been doing coaching for 16 plus years my my math is right but the in person coaching 
is a fairly new, it's less than a year old at this point. Mm-hmm. So that's what you guys jumped into. We actually fly someone to your hometown. Obviously, it's a little more expensive for you guys. The cost is higher because there's travel expenses and lodging and all of that. But so we actually send someone to your hometown and you actually got Jimmy and Brittany, the founders of yes. that program, who don't do it a whole lot anymore, actually. Okay. They still do. But with COVID, there hasn't been a lot of that going on. Yeah. Right? But you guys got in before that happened. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm with you now. What was that experience like? I'm just curious, you know, take, take us through that. I think that's where we're at in the story. Sure. So we really, um, we were considering the coaching. And so we, we, we flew them in here. And uh, the first night they, they came in, uh, we, we invited them to come out to dinner and we decided we needed Chick-fil-A. And Jimmy and Brittany come in and it was kind of, uh, it's pretty surreal because yeah. here we are, you know, we're, we've heard these people on the podcast and We've seen them on screen. That's right. Very surreal, like being on the podcast here. And uh, so they they come in and we have dinner with them. We talk about what we're going to do. And there's just, we wanted to make sure it was a family experience. Yeah. Um, I think that's our most important thing is like making this a family. So we have the kids with us. We gave them a little welcoming gift. And um, I, I remember, I believe, telling them that my goal is to be on the podcast. And really? Jimmy, I think, was like, yeah, you could totally be on the podcast. And I was like, okay, now I'm afraid. <laughs> you know, when you give a goal and then you get that fear of, oh, now I have to accomplish that goal. But yeah. here I am. Here we are. That's awesome. Well, I'm thrilled. I love to hear that people actually have that as a goal. And it still doesn't quite make sense to me why that would be a goal for someone, but it's yeah. I'm getting there. Because yeah. to me, this is just a big family and we share our stories. And why wouldn't you want to share your story? And hey, you know, the, let's get out there and tell everybody. But I certainly appreciate that you guys considered it a goal that, that motivated you. That's yeah. fantastic. And uh, yeah. hopefully that resonates with some other folks too. But it's just a conversation. Like I told you guys before we hit the record button, it's just a conversation between three people who are trying to build a business today. That's all it is. And we're going to share what's working and what's not and where we bumped our, stubbed our toe and bumped our head and, and what's working well. You know, that's all this podcast is about is that journey. And we're doing it together. So I'm honored that you guys consider it uh, something special. But I think the the glitz and glamour wears off pretty fast when you realize, hey, we're all just warriors trying to do this thing. And we all make mistakes and stub our toes, like I said. And, yes. and uh, we live to see another day when things go wrong. It's a journey. But yeah, we'll, we'll keep us going. Okay. So the, the plan was that we would go ahead and uh, then we'd spend a couple of days with Timmy and Brittany. And the first day, we were going to go out sourcing and looking for products. And then the second day would be spent doing the shipping, shipping everything to Amazon. Mm-hmm. So our end goal was to basically establish a, a foundation for our business, for our replants business, so that um, by the time we left, not only would we have products that we would be able to sell, uh, we would also have the opportunity to basically repeat what they did with us, which is exactly what we did. Yeah. Like the first day we went to just like Dollar Tree Mm -hmm. and I worked with Brittany, Jason worked with Jimmy and um, they just, we pulled out our smartphones and they just showed us what to plug in, what keywords to look for. It was very like slow, (laughs) you know, I'm like, can we go somewhere else? And Brittany's like, let's keep going. They're very like, we got to hit every Mm -hmm. product. Methodical, right? Yes. Great tips. I mean. 
if you're new at it, you kind of just want to move on. Right. Oh, I'm not anything. Like, I'm, really- I'm bored with the mustard section. Can we please <laughs> move on? And trust me, trust me, there's gold right here on the shelf in front of us, right? You just got to gotta look for it, right? <laughs> yeah, even scrolling through, she would say, mm-hmm. like, okay, if it's starting to look like this, now you can move on. Or, okay, keep going. So, mm-hmm. yeah, little things that I'll always remember when I'm sourcing on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, give was- us give us a specific example. I don't want to give people the impression that we're trying to be elusive here. Talk us through a specific example. I mean, you don't have to give us one of your best replans, but what did you type in? Why did you stand there so long? How many pages did you scroll through? I mean, just from your perspective, you know, talk us through what it looked. And there's many ways to find replans. We're talking about the specific way right now of going to a retail store, mm-hmm. standing in an aisle, and being willing to maybe put on some music and be in that same aisle for half an hour. Mm-hmm. 45 minutes, or I've heard the longest I've heard is four hours in one aisle. <laughs> but you get to the point where every two or three minutes, you're finding a replan once you've got a reasonable mm-hmm. skill. Would you agree with that? So, maybe not that fast for everybody, maybe five, five, seven, eight minutes. You're finding a new income stream for your business. Absolutely. Right there, brand name stuff on the shelf in front of you. Mm-hmm. So, but talk us through the reality. What's that, what's that entail? I was thinking maybe like just something like snacks, something easy like snacks from the dollar store. So we were there and she would show me like bundles or, you know, like flipping through. So I think that would be my, I don't know if you can go. Yeah, I do. I actually, I do have a specific example. Um, it's proved to, proven to be a lesson for uh, replants that we currently do. We don't currently sell this product, but we were in the Dollar Tree section and we started looking at Oreos. And I'm thinking, well, no, Oreos are something that not everybody goes to the store for or you buy it. What's the point of sourcing this? But what, it, from what I learned from that is, you know, sometimes the packs of six or the packs of 12 or the packs of three. And I mean, there's really gold there in those products. And so we sourced a, a pack of gold, uh, golden Oreos there and it, and it did sell. Um, we were happy to be able to source that product. But from, from that, I was able to learn that, hey, sometimes finding packs of two or three or even packs of 12 are really worth it. Right. Because we have a product right now that sells very consistently that's a pack of 12 uh, yeah. for a lot more than those Oreo sell. Yeah. For. You'd be amazed scrolling through a successful replan seller. I'm talking about somebody that has like, you know, a seven-figure business and you scroll through the products they're selling, it's everyday household names. Mm-hmm. But you'd think the competition is so thick and heavy, there's an opportunity. And you'd be right if you're talking about the most popular ASIN for that product, yeah. right? Yep. We don't jump in there with the other 412 sellers selling one bag of Oreos. That's exactly right. (laughs) At a 75 cent loss. We're not going to do that. We're on page four with that ace and maybe only 100 people a day even see. Mm -hmm. And three of them buy it from the three of us who are selling it. Mm -hmm. Right? That's where the money is in replans. And I never know how I'm going to present this when I might create an aha light bulb moment for someone. So I like to try to present it different ways on different episodes. Mm-hmm. And I'm hope, hopefully the way we just presented it will make someone finally say, oh, I get it now. I get it now. <laughs> you know, that's my goal here. So mm-hmm. you, guys, you guys are standing in the aisle and you typed in Oreo because you're standing in the Oreo section, right? Mm-hmm. And you yep. started scrolling. Pretty much nothing on page one jumped off the page. Everything's like, I would sell that at a loss, sell that at a loss. Suddenly up pops this listing where you're thinking, whoa, $12 for, for two bags and they're $1.50 each right here in front of me on the shelf? Like, 
Mm-hmm. What's up with that, Asin? And you research it using the strategy we show you. You jump into the Keepa chart, make sure it's mm-hmm. legit. You know, make sure it's not a one-time spike that's never going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Right? You build a business selling that stuff. That's the replens model that we're building out. And yes, no exaggeration, we have many seven-figure sellers. And I don't know where you guys are at in your business right now. I'm excited to hear the numbers. I know we're going to get into that later, but I know you guys have done some, some incredible business very quickly with your accounts. So congratulations on that. But okay, keep us going through the experience. So you spent a day at the stores, you kind of partnered up and split up. Mm-hmm. What'd you come away with that first day? Okay. So that first day, um, we walked away with uh, 76 replants. And uh, so that people understand the success of what we did. Um, a year later, we're continuing to source 36 of those products. Even one year later, we're still sourcing all of these products. We're continuing to sell these over and over again. That's incredible. So over half the products you found that first day are still income streams for you. That's, yep, that's correct. Approximately half. Yep. That's, I've never heard it put that way, but I love how you just couched it for the, for the math geeks and the nerds. Like, well, how long are these income streams going to last? You know, so this is, when did you say they, it was December? December 2019. So that was yeah. about 13 months ago. So over and, a year ago. That's right. And, and, and half of those income streams that you created in one day that's right. are still flowing into your business. Absolutely. Yep. That's powerful. I love that. I've never actually had anyone study that. I wonder what the industry average is for replen sellers. I bet that's pretty close. About half of your stuff's going to last more than nine months or a year or so. The other half at some point will fizzle out possibly and it'll be easy to tell when that happens and you'll stop selling it. You know, don't Absolutely. sell stuff at a loss. That's rule number one of staying in business, right? That's right. <laughs> yes. Don't marry any product. Just, you know, let it work for you and then let it go if it doesn't. And the other thing I would say about, you know, don't despise small beginnings. So the reason I remember those Oreos is when we walked out, out of that uh, Dollar Tree, the four, all four of us were sourcing. That was the uh, 17 products that we found at the Dollar Tree. I found one of those. This is the Oreos. <laughs> It ended up being something we didn't sell very much of, but it didn't matter because we were all working together. We were all sourcing for the products. Um, And of course, later that day, we found most of our products that we would end up selling on a consistent basis. And there's a few of those products that we sell quite quite often. I don't want to breeze past another number that you guys threw out too. I'm trying to listen to the ears of someone who's fairly new to this community, new to this podcast. It sounds completely counterintuitive to say that we can work with you and help you find 50, 70 products in a single day that are profitable income streams, repeat, easy sell, just go buy it off the list. It's not like you have to scurry around town and search for clearance items before everybody else gets there. It doesn't matter what time you go to the store. We're talking about the stuff that's on the shelf every day, sitting there, anyone can buy it. From time to time, it's on sale and you think, oh, score, <laughs> right? But you're not waiting for the sale. No. You're buying it at full retail price and you're building a business around that. You can hire shoppers to go do it and right. you can hire preppers to prep if you want, or you can do it as a family. It doesn't matter how you handle that part of your business. It just depends on how much of it you want to do yourself, but it's a beautiful model. And the fact that you can find 70 income streams in a single day, it makes mm-hmm. me feel like we need to charge about three times more than we do <laughs> because knowing what you know now kind of puts you guys on the spot. Knowing what you know now, what's the high end that you would have been willing to pay to be put down to the road that you're on now? Does that question make sense? Like, I'm not sure what you guys paid. I can't remember what was is. It was somewhere between six and eight thousand, if I remember correctly, for the climate, right. something like that. Had you knew where you'd be right now, what would you have been willing to pay that day? Does that question make sense? 
Yes, it does. Probably twice that, at least twice that. Yeah. Yeah, because, uh, you know, if you really think about the investment you're making, you think, you've got to think long term. Mm-hmm. You can't think just in the moment. You've got to think the big picture of what it is that you're trying to build. Mm-hmm. Right. It, exactly. The opportunity cost of not having done that day. Where would you guys be right now with your business? Now, you may have figured it out, maybe a little more slowly, and that's fine. Yeah. I love slow and steady progress, and I'm sure that's what you guys have been doing ever since then. How many replans do you have now, by the way? Okay, so currently, um, we're keeping active uh, just over 400 replans. So we, we have about 414 replans on our list. Of those 414 replans, um, we're able to stay active about between 275 to 350 replans at this point. Uh, we recently yeah. turned low into that number just because we're, we're selling so fast right now. We, we yeah. just can't keep up with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good problem to have, isn't it? it I, really I look is. at our list of replans and sometimes it creeps up on 40% or more that are sitting at zero. And mm-hmm. I just know that there are $10 bills sitting on the shelves all around town. All, like I just got to get someone to go out and grab them for me. And then once so, I grab them, I get someone to, to ship it in for me. It's a good problem to have because... The supply is so, well, I say the demand is so outpacing the supply on the shelves of Amazon right now. Absolutely. Most of our good replens, tell me if this is true or not, we're one of only a tiny handful of sellers. I mean, I'm, I'm not afraid of being in there with 10, 20, 30 other sellers if it's selling 100 yeah. units a month, right? That means we're going to yeah. sell three, Absolutely. five, we have seven. A few. Yep, we have a few that are probably 30, 35 sellers on it and we're still selling lots of them. Exactly. That's sometimes a great sign. Mm-hmm. Right, the buy box is rotating, and you get your few sales every week, and so does everybody else at a nice ROI mm-hmm. in full retail price. Absolutely, those deals are everywhere. That's you know that's what I try to convince people, and sometimes it just doesn't seem real because they're looking for that one perfect product or that one sale or discount or that coupon or if I rush to the store and beat everybody and clear the shelf of that product, I can make some money. It's like that's fun. And yeah. I'm not going to walk past, you know, some $10 bills sitting in the clearance aisle. I'll grab them. Sure. Mm-hmm. But that's not the exciting part of this business. That's not a new income stream. That's a one-time, it's equivalent of walking past a yard sale and going, oh, wow, I could sell that for a hundred bucks. And it's sitting there for 20. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. But it's not a sustainable business model that you could sell someday. That you mm-hmm. can turn over yeah. to a team that you could take a break from for three months and the income keeps right on rolling. Replens is that. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. All right, so you guys have you found seventy the first day, approximately. You've got over four hundred now. You're you're selling about seventy percent of those on a regular basis, just trying to keep stocked, right? Absolutely. Going into numbers. Yeah. So one of the things we did was, uh, as soon as they left, we knew that we had to repeat the same process over over Mm -hmm. again. As soon as Jimmy and Brittany were gone, and so the very next day after they flew out of town, we went back to our local retail store. And uh, we started sourcing more products. And uh, in that time, we were able to find, by the end of that month, we found 25 more replants. Um, and that mostly before Christmas. And of those 25 replants, actually one of them uh, is our best-selling product today. Uh, we've sold Really? Yeah. One so of those, the day after they left, you went and found yeah. a replant that was even better than the ones they had found. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because and, uh, once you know... Uh, have you found that they almost jump off the shelf at you now? Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. sometimes that's the case. Yeah. Like, you know, before you even do your research, like, that's mm-hmm. a winner. I'm going to be buying 12 of those and testing it. I just know. And you do your research and sure enough, you were right. Absolutely. And it's also just having that like mindset of like, okay, I'm going to walk away with 10, 10 refunds during my time. Yeah. And so 
you just have that goal and your mindset and then that also helps. Yep. And I found a lot of times when I'll, I'll put a number like that in my head and I'll go out for my, you know, four or five hours. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm not quitting until I, the stores are closed or I've got my 12. Mm-hmm. And that 12th one so many times is the golden nugget that I'm so glad I, I stuck around and found. I, we just sold two of one that we're testing. I just got off the phone with my team. Uh, there's a product. We finally got it into the warehouse and it's finally FBA. And instantly the first two, only two landed. The other eight are still in transit transition. Mm-hmm. As soon as those two landed, they both sold. And it's beautiful. And the shelf is full of them at every hardware store in the area. And mm-hmm. I just, oh my goodness, another... You know, if I'm doing my math, another $250 a month income stream for my business. And all we have to do is have a shopper go grab it when we need more. Yeah. That's the business. It's, a, it's really super simple. And I think that's really the beauty of the model is anybody can do this. Yeah. And in the beginning, when we were telling our, or like our friends and our family about this, they kind of looked at us like we were crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. And everyone do? in the store thinks you're crazy. I mean, who walks out? I filled, I, I posted the Facebook group a couple of days ago, guys. I walked out of a store near us. Uh, with a cart full of rainbow unicorn themed gift items, just filled the cart. It was one of those where not only is it a good replan, but I also caught it on sale. So I'm like, I'm all in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just, everyone's like, it's not a girl's birthday party because you don't need that many of that item for that. So, you know, what's this? Is this guy decorating his house with this theme? But, right? I was like, hey, no pride here. I just yeah. want to do $200 a month income stream and I put about $800 in my cart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really you know it, it's neat yeah to see because I've definitely gone to a point now where no I'll go into one store and they have to ring me up a couple times because I've I've exceeded the number of items I can buy one one mm-hmm. transaction. Mm-hmm. That happens. Yeah, I love when they they say, "Well, you're only allowed to buy." I'm sorry, you can only buy three of this item, and I'll just joke around like, "So if I get back in line, can I get three more?" And I'm half kidding and I'm half not. And they're like. I won't say anything of you. I'm like, all right, I'll be right. <laughs> you know, so let's call that the second transaction. You put that little slider on the belt, like transaction number two. <laughs> Sometimes you meet the people who are totally serious and you don't mess with them. Like, that's all right. Put those three back on the shelf. I'm fine. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that's the gig. I love every part of this business though. It just doesn't get old for me. But the thing I have to be cautious of is that I don't get so deep into the weeds that I'm slowing my business down by doing the $10 an hour stuff that someone else could and should be doing. Yeah. Right. Have you guys found that? So, um, and the other thing, uh, before we get into that, the day-to-day routine and details of how you guys run your business, I want to talk about day two of your time with Jimmy and Brittany, uh, okay. because it's not just about finding replans. There's more to it than that. What did you guys learn on that second day? So that second day was great. It was about um, boxing and bagging all the inventory. So before they came, we had ordered supplies boxes. And um, Brittany was great about bagging them and great tips and all of that. And I used to actually box at my at another job. And I just love that, like packaging. So and that's a, <laughs> the packaging part. Now, I'm, Molly's favorite part is the wrapping part, making, making yeah. stuff look nice. It's like my strength and his weakness. So it works well together. He does Good more team. sourcing and I'll do the boxing and, and bagging. Um, and so they showed us how to connect, uh, what is it? The uh, program? Inventory lab. Inventory, inventory lab. lab. Yep. Yep. We use, yep. We use inventory lab for, for all of our shipments, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. starting from, uh, taking the buy list and transporting it over to the inventory lab. Mm-hmm. Um, we wrap all the inventory, we label all the inventory, mm-hmm. 
we and then we um, sort the inventory so that it can ship to the right um, mm-hmm. fulfillment center. And then when it comes time to uh, ship to the fulfillment center, uh, that's usually for for Haiti. That's when she usually bows out. <laughs> yeah, I don't like boxing them as much, so we need to hire someone to do that for sure. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, that's what we did. We actually went to a local. Uh, we went to a local motel. We just used a conference room, at the uh, at the motel. And uh, you know, when you hear about the replens model, you don't really think about that part. What it's going to take to ship it all. And uh, mm-hmm. so that was a little bit harder, I think. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you got to ship. We got to prep all this stuff and ship it. Yeah. But once you get used to it, it's not so bad. Yeah. It's just a okay. matter of learning. So, so you guys went to a conference room at the hotel where Jimmy and Brittany were to learn how to do this. Is that what you're saying? To put all the together, all of our inventory. Yeah. And, so you had plenty of room to work. That's a yeah. good idea. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now you just do it out of your house, I'm guessing. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Our dining room is basically our work room. We have garage shelves, uh, like three shelves in our dining room, tables. We're in it now, but we're facing the wall. So you can't see the mess in all the inventory. Do you uh, ever like sneak some stuff off the shelves for dinner if you're not sure what to do that night? <laughs> um, no. We've talked about it though. We, we have talked about it. it like we thought, you, you know, get some unique stuff coming through your house though that yes, way, don't you? Yes. Some things that... Um, Oh, it's busted, or I didn't notice it was broken. Okay, mm-hmm. well, we'll put it in the pantry. Let's try it. Yeah, yeah uh, we found it. some new favorite foods that way for sure. It's like, oh man, this expires in three weeks. Guess mm-hmm. we got to eat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, one advice would be like making sure um, sellers have their in- their um, supplies ready to go because sometimes if you don't have your labels and your bags, you know you're wasting time, I guess. So just making sure you're stocked up in supplies. And we use I Love Supplies. Um, that's the name of the company. And we've mm-hmm. really enjoyed mm-hmm. using their bags. And when we're talking about supplies, things that you definitely need to have on, on hand once you start to build a business. You've got to have your poly bags available to you. You've got to have your boxes. Uh, you need to have a dependable scale, not just you know, a $3 scale at Walmart, but make sure you've got a, a scale that's I can take some weight to it so it can properly yeah. weigh your body. The bucks. 50 pound limit is a big deal. You don't want to be at 50.1. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you want to go less than 50 pounds. Right. Yep. Oh, sure. So our limit is 45 pounds. You know, occasionally we'll, we'll be you know, shipping two things to, to the fulfillment center and you know, they average just under 100 pounds. And we'll be make sure, okay, 46 is okay. But no, 45 is, is really the limit that we go with. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are the details that you kind of learned the second day and going through that. Absolutely. So did you feel like you learned everything you needed to know from that one or have you run into any other snags from the help prep and ship and package process? I'm sure you've improved over time, but... Uh, yes, absolutely. We learned everything we needed to know that yeah, day. Yeah, we really I, did. I think that those two days, yeah, gave us all the information that we needed, hands-on training. It was like, okay, now you got to do it if you want it. I've heard you say many times, rinse and repeat. It's probably more than that because <laughs> there's, you just don't realize the amount of work you have to do. It's not just like, oh, get rich quicker, you know, no, so easy. Yeah. We are in here working late into the night. It's a lot more than rinse and repeat. I would have to say it's like scrub oh, sure. sometimes. There's always little exceptions. You know, you, sure. you buy an expired product. Do you need six of an item and you can only find five? So there the five sits on the shelf until someone does something about it. You know, there's all these little details that add up over time. You run out of labels, you get order more. Oh, it's going to be a week and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of things that put the brakes on. 
But when you've got a smooth, you know, well-oiled machine running, oh, there's mm-hmm. nothing like it. Yes. There's nothing like it. And the in-person training too, it, what it did was it helped us to come up with little details that we probably didn't think about or most people want to think about when they're starting a replant journey. So for example, if you've got a poly bag that you're working on, you need to think about where you're going to put the label on the product. So now wherever you put that label on the product, it needs to be done in a way that's uh, professional. But if you don't go through the training, you might know, not know that the best location to put a label. Just some really, really little questions that you don't think Well, about. tell us, where is the best place to put a label? Unlike, okay. say, six pack of green beans. Where, where does the label go? Well, we would put it right on top and we would put like the do not separate. This is a pack sticker mm-hmm. next to it. And like, we didn't know that. So. And then the suffocation warning label for the people who have kids that aren't all that bright that like to put plastic bags on their heads. Yes. So those bags are already printed with those warning labels. Right. Are you buy the bags with that on it? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we get a uh, bubble wrap, you know, and scotch tape. And then we put mm-hmm. those items in the poly bag and then the label goes outside of the poly bag. Mm-hmm. Not- Sounds exciting and glamorous. <laughs> we definitely, uh, I mean, we, we basically do the process the same way. Jimmy and Brittany taught us just very little few things that we, we do that we weren't taught. Um, we, one thing we do do is we take pictures of all the inventory before it leaves our house. Mm-hmm. So, Smart. Yeah, we, we didn't do that at first. No. And now, now we feel like, okay, if, if there's a discrepancy between Amazon, we, we want them to yep. have... If, so if they lose a shipment, you can say, hey, here's what all went into the box. And a lot of times, the vast majority of the time, they'll find it in your favor and it's worth it. Having mm-hmm. those 1,500 pictures that you'll never use for that one that you actually do that puts an extra 500 bucks in your pocket. And you're like, yeah, that was worth it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I've even heard of people installing uh, webcams that record when they're packing. Oh, wow. And they can just go back to the timestamp on the, you know, so they've got, they save, you know, okay. several months at a time, I guess, of video. We don't do that. Yeah. We I just kind of eat the expense often of, of those little errors. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I love it. There's always little ways to improve the process. But I love that we're getting into the, the weeds just a little bit of the details of this because mm-hmm. I certainly don't want it to be something where people think, oh, well, you go find those replens and you sit back and hire some shoppers and you make a bunch of money. No, there's work. Yes, there's yeah. work. You're going to get some paper cuts. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get some tape frustration, tape yes. gun you know, anger. Like, how do I reload this thing again? And you're going to cut yourself on the little razor blade that does the tape thing. And yes, my thumb is like... Right? Yeah, you're going to get some new calluses that you didn't have before, possibly, you know, until you hire those shop, those uh, preppers. Uh, it, it happens to everybody. Have some Band-Aids, you know, you're going to get that's, some. That's right. And when you hire people, you want to have the experience of having done it yourself. Because you know, how can you train people to do something that you've never done yourself? Yes. And that's part of the process that we've really walked over the last years, learning learning how you know preppers work and shoppers work and, and that sort of thing. Right, uh, right. But the rewards are phenomenal. Absolutely. If you're willing to do the work and the benefits, especially for, I don't want to get into that too. I don't want to overlook the benefits for your family. You told us about your kids earlier, but how's it impacting your family? Like, you know, there's definitely some disadvantages. Mommy, why are there shelves full of products that we're not allowed to play with in the living room, right? (laughs) Some of them are toys too. It's kind of like, I'm not allowed to touch the toys that are made for me. (laughs) You know, that kind of, there's some negatives there, but there's some beautiful positives too. Even in that, like, hey, those toys aren't for us. Those toys are for other families, right? I mean, that's a healthy thing for a kid to be exposed to. Um, But I want to hear a little, I want to hear about the numbers and I want to hear about how it's impacted your family. When I'm saying numbers, I'm like, financially, how has it changed your family? Like, what was your job 
routine, your work routine before, and what is it now? And you know, share as many numbers as you're comfortable telling us about. Great. Well, yeah, I'll kind of take the helm here. Um, in, in terms of the family, I, t- I was telling Haiti, you know, I've never had a job or uh, involved in any kind of a career where I spend so much time working from home. And while that's so important to me is uh, Haiti and I have four children, uh, which is really great for, for me, for the kids to see me at home because, you know, having four kids at home in the middle of the COVID season, uh, our, our kids go to public school, my two oldest ones too. Um, but they've been virtual, and so they could see Daddy at home that morning. Yeah, it's been a great help just having him here. I can run to the store, you know, like, and then the kids help, which has been great. We tell them this is our business. This is how we provide for our family. And so they're understanding that, especially the six and the four-year-old, um, just understanding, like, okay, this is what adults do. They provide, and they have yeah. a business. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, let me go ahead and share a little bit about my, my story here. So I uh, served and uh, worked in, in a church full-time for 13 years. Uh, I grew up uh, really aspiring for a career in ministry and pastoral ministry. And so I served in a number of different capacities before I took on a full-time role uh, around the time I was 24, 25. And it's just really a great blessing to be able to do what I what. God had called me to do. And so I worked full-time for 13 years in, in ministry. And uh, But at the end of the season, I really felt like, you know, God, I think you're calling me out of ministry, which seemed like a really foreign idea. Because usually when you're a staff pastor, which is what I was, I was a youth pastor, I was a building person, I worked with the adult ministries for a while. Usually your career path, they say you're going to be a lead pastor of the church. That's what everybody kind of, kind of sees. That wasn't the path that God was calling me to. And you know, as we talked and we prayed about it, we really felt like, you know, we we're supposed to do something different. The problem was we didn't know what that really was. <laughs> In fact, people probably, once they heard that I was making a transition, uh, everybody thought we were, uh, not everybody, but a lot of people thought we were crazy. Yeah, They felt kind of sorry for us. Like, uh, what are you going to do? Yep. And we really, I mean, we just said, you know what, God, you called us to do this. We're going to, you've always provided for us. We're going to take a, a step of faith here and really believe for, for God what you want to do. Um, we live by faith, not by sight. And so that's the way we live. So I, I signed up to uh, to do the gigs. And so that's something I was like to talk about the gig economy. Um, after transitioning out of ministry, I, I worked with DoorDash and Uber Eats. I actually did a little uh, lift for a while, Grubhub. And uh, we really use that as a platform to not just transition out of ministry. Uh, but as a platform to really get the replants model started for us. Because in the beginning, the replants model wasn't going to provide enough money for us. That's incredible. I yeah. I had no idea. I love getting to know. I never know what I'm getting into on these. I'm a PK, pastor's kid. Uh, so I grew up in a, a minister's home. And I got to tell you, that's, you know, you don't, you don't get rich in pastoral ministry, you know, so... <laughs> You know, that's, you know, my story from the 80s. You know, that's when I was growing up as a kid in a pastor's home. And uh, the gig economy wasn't a possibility. Dad worked side part-time jobs and things, but it it demanded quite a bit for him to be able to do so. But we live in such interesting times now where you can have a transition to the services you mentioned and so many others that are lesser known where you just, you know, you make yourself available and you have a car and you can do stuff and you, you fill the gap with those you know, and I, I think you kind of max out gig economy. Maybe if you're a single, 
maybe you max out around forty, fifty thousand dollars a year. I don't know. I'm kind of guessing. If that that's hustling, hitting it. If you're married, you got obligations and family and other things going on. It's probably hard to pull down even that much with the gig economy. Mm-hmm. Just from having talked to some people, but it can certainly be that stopgap between zero income and what am I going to do next? There's you can at least have some income rolling, right? Absolutely. But it's not a long term. Mm-hmm income plan. You meet no, very not. many people who say, yeah, that you know, Uber driver says, is this your career plan for the rest of your life? Oh, no. They're either retired or they're in between things or, you know, right? Um, so I love that that's how you guys transitioned from ministry, which is just fascinates me. Uh, it really works. My, from my vantage point, do you still consider yourself in ministry? Uh, in some ways, yes, absolutely. Yeah, because we, we feel like, you know, God's called us to, to this place to, 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 to be, I guess, do ministry. Um, for, but not get paid for it, if that makes sense. I, I think that's one of the things that's really on my heart is, you know, I want to be able to continue to serve in the church and be able to volunteer, but not just uh, just get paid for it because my primary ministry needs to be my family. It always needs to be my family, first and foremost. That's awesome. Man, that's so biblical. Well, it, it really is. Nothing against getting paid to be in ministry. I mean, I, yeah. I they're underpaid for the value they provide ministers and but there's something really awesome from an, entre- for an entrepreneurial heart saying, hey, my first commitment is my walk with God. Next, it's my spouse. Next, it's my kids. And then I've got this business that enables me to spend my time and my energy building those relationships. Mm-hmm. And there's a different level of credibility you can come at people with when, oh, you're just getting paid to be the guy that showed up versus mm-hmm. I'm not getting paid anything. I just care right? Mm-hmm. Pastors have to work a little harder sometimes to convince people how much they care because I oh, get paid to care. Like, no, That's I genuinely right. do care. Mm-hmm. I'm here because I care. And it just opens up so many doors. Yeah. Absolutely. That's great. So compare, compare how you feel about your day-to-day routine right now compared to when you were doing the gig economy thing. Like what's the difference for you as, as a guy? I'm just asking you mainly, right? Sure. Like what, how, how um, that feel? Like you had to get up and do the Uber and the Grubhub and the, you know, <laughs> yep. So usually what I would do is the Google and, and gig economy, you can kind of, you can almost do it without, once you get used to it, you can almost do it without really thinking much about what you're doing. Because you're just, all you're doing is going to you know, a restaurant, picking up some food and, you know, driving a person's house and drop it off and move on to the next place. Um, but with the replants business, you have to be a little bit more intentional about thinking about what you're doing. Because you're, the, the big difference is you're building skills that you can use, not just, um, and in a job setting, you're using building skills that you can use people skills. You're using um, building, building relationships with other people. Right. Um, another thing, of course, is I can be at home. The economy, you know, I can't, I can't make any money sitting at home. I, I've got to drive around and put lots of wear and tear on my car, which I, I went through a vehicle during the gig economy. Really? Absolutely. It wore your car down. Yeah, because you, uh, you put down quite a few miles on it. You have to factor that in. Absolutely. So yeah, it's, it was. I still do it a little bit. I keep my account open as a possible stream of income because sure. I never know. Amazon can shut down the account or suspend my account. And I've got to have an income stream of some kind. Hmm. What um, difference have you noticed, Haiti, in in just your family dynamics between you know ministry and then the the gig phase and then where you're at now? Well. Um, Ministry, he was definitely always busy outside of the home a lot. Um, and then during the gig economy or gig time, I was also doing my own thing. I was uh, a nanny. I was working as a postpartum doula. 
So we were both hustling. We were both working on the go. Yes. On mm-hmm. the go a lot. Mm-hmm. The kids uh, were so blessed. My parents live like 10 minutes away. And so they're able awesome. to support the children. Um, but we were both hustling. It was like a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've always kind of been interested in like side jobs. And so I asked in a um, Dave Ramsey group about side jobs and your name came up. And then we started listening to the podcast. Yes. I love um, to hear that. Yeah. We get a lot of people from the Dave Ramsey community. Yeah. Yeah. And so I did, I started my own like kind of research on YouTube and looking into it. And then, um, yeah, I think that's, we were both in that spot. And now that we're able to work from home, it's almost like a, a holy experience, just like we're a family. We're working here together. We have a goal and wow, God is providing we're meeting the goals that we've set financially. Um, and it's been a hard couple of years. I, I will say I want to encourage those couples that are trying to get into it. It's going to take time. Um, mm-hmm. But we're just like, wow, I can't believe that we are actually achieving some of these, these goals. So let me uh, mention. So one of the things that I serious learning about the podcast. Um, I did have one other career pursuit in this time, and that was uh, I got into involved in substitute teaching because I really I didn't want want to be out there on the road doing the gig economy all the time, and and also picked up a long term su- substitute assignment. I took over a sixth grade science classroom. Like I know anything about sixth grade science, but I did, and uh, so I jumped in and loved it. Had a great experience there. But there's one major issue I, I realized at the end of that uh, school year. So if I'm going to make a, if I'm going to be a teacher, I, I'm going to have to have another stream of income. It, it just wasn't, it wasn't going to work. It was going to, I'm going to max out my, and I'm going to spend all my time teaching all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I can't survive on a, on a teacher's income, but for a family of six, that's, that can be a little bit challenging. For sure. And um, so at the end of that long-term uh, teaching assignment, was right about the time Haiti uh, heard about the silent sales machine. And so I had gone back to work in the gig, gig economy. And uh, and that's how I started listening to the podcast. I'd be around delivering food while uh, the podcast would be playing in my car. <laughs> I love it. So to everybody who's out there hustling, listening to the podcast, doing what you got to do, hey, we're, we're cheering you on. Yeah, carve out a little time to start building something that can put you under the same roof as your family, live life at a slightly different pace. Would you agree? Life has a different pace right now? Yes, it does. Yes. It, yeah, it's not, not quite the, the same speed. Yeah, we, we can lay out our own schedule. We, you know, we, if we need to go somewhere during the day, we can decide to pause the inventory and we can go do it. And it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, my, uh, my car became a classroom for the replants business. I still remember uh, Jimmy... Yeah. Jimmy going through products um, and I'm listening to this and I'm like, wow, this is uh, this is how you do it. This is before we actually got the coaching. Yeah. And I, I do want to mention um, Oscar's podcast played a big role mm-hmm. in getting him on board and getting us like fired up for it. It was such a powerful podcast and just, I was so moved by it. Um, I'm from Panama. So just hearing like, okay, I'm here. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to, you know, we're going to do it. It was just encouraging all the way around. Um, and I think you've also mentioned in the past where like, there's always going to be an excuse. There's a, you're always going to have someone who is not as qualified or, you know, 
just there's always going to be someone who's who can do it or has done it. Like you said something like that. And that also. Yeah. Well, I, I think one of the purposes, I think this is what you're talking about, Haiti, is one of the purposes of this podcast is I love bringing people on that are excuse killers. Right? Mm-hmm. So you can sit there and think, okay, they have disadvantages that I don't have and they were able to do it. There's always someone who's not quite as bright as you or as experienced as you or doesn't speak the language as well or isn't as educated, doesn't have as much starting funds. Those are the great success stories. Like one of my all-time favorites is Carolyn because she was literally homeless on the run from an abusive spouse in a women's shelter. Like that's a pretty rough place to be with some kids, right? And she found her way out of it thanks to e-commerce and this community. And she actually wrote a book from homeless to homeowner, Carolyn McFall. Little plug for a great book, right? So she's an excuse killer. And every time we have one of these podcast episodes, there's going to be other people out there who are trying to use an excuse, but then they meet someone who has more disadvantages than they do, who's doing it. Yeah. So you guys had some disadvantages possibly. Like, hey, you didn't have much starting funds. I'm sitting here thinking on a pastor's salary, you guys scraped together seven, $8,000 and said, let's do this. That's no joke. I mean, that's, a, that's like, let's pray, let's fast, let's make sure we're doing the right thing here kind of decision time, right? For that's significant funds for anybody, let alone, you know, on a pastor's salary. So kudos to you. And there may be someone out there who's thinking, well, that much money to me, maybe that's the right next step for them. And we're not here to pitch anything because if you're not ready to do the work, you know, and to, to jump in and get it done, then this is not the business model for you. It takes work, obviously. But yeah, that's my, when I talk about excuse killers, right? It's easy for us to sit back and come up with a list of excuses. But what I love about this podcast is if you listen long enough, we're going to destroy every one of them. You can be as creative as you want to be with your list of excuses. We'll destroy all of them eventually. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it, and it's, yeah, it's really good. I, I always remember the word about slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. That's the replenish business. You've got yeah. to take a slow and steady approach, no mm-hmm. matter how much money you start with. Slow and steady. The best story I ever heard, obviously there's the book, you know, the tortoise and the hare. But the best story I ever heard was actually a Dave Ramsey reference to tie it back. He was talking about the time that he'd met a billionaire. And he said, anytime you meet a billionaire, have a few good questions ready to ask because they might have some good advice for you. And he said uh, to the billionaire, you know, what books should I rec- would you recommend to me? What books that I probably haven't read would you recommend that my team and I read in order to you know, have some success in business? And he, he, the billionaire actually had a big box of books behind his desk that he slid it across to him and said, here, give everybody one of these. And he opened it up and it was the tortoise and the hare. Oh. <laughs> so he passed them out to his team. And that's what we do around here. We put the brakes on ideas. I did it just this morning. Put the brakes on a big idea that was you know, 70% down the road towards implementation. But you know, let's slow down. Let's pump the brakes here. Let's, let's make sure we've done our homework, dotted our I's, crossed our T's, proven this thing out, tested it out before we tell everybody about it. You know, Just proceed with caution. Slow and steady progress. Um, another great lesson, you know, you get me on some soapboxes on some of these topics, but this is one that I think bears repeating. And I, I shared it in the Facebook group a few days ago, but it, it's so true. And I think it's from, uh, well, I, I'll, let's see if I can remember what book it's from as I'm telling the story, because I don't want to guess wrong, but I think I know. But basically, we overestimate what we can do in a day. We all do. We wake up in the morning and we're like, okay, here's the 12 things I've got to get done today. And we think I'm going to plow through it. And at the end of the day, we only got four of them done and we fought a bunch of fires and we beat ourselves up because we didn't get it all done. We overestimate what we can do in a day, but we 
underestimate, and this is the part that I really like, it ties back to what we're talking about, slow and steady. We underestimate what we can do if we take slow, steady steps in the right direction over six months or a year. You look back over your shoulder and like, whoa, did we really just do that? Did we really just go a thousand miles? Mm-hmm. because we took a tiny steps in the right direction every day. We were cautious. Mm-hmm. That's the way great businesses are built. It's biblical. All kinds of scripture about building wealth slowly, right? Seeking advice and counsel before taking steps. Mm-hmm. Praying, seeking God before yeah. you take big steps, right? And I think it's the compound effect is the book where I read that. Pretty mm-hmm. sure that's where I read that. Good book. So all kinds of good book references today. A good book I think you guys should read, I haven't recommended in a while, would be talking about families and businesses being under the same roof and kind of the dynamic of, of what that is. Josh Tolley has a book called Evangelpreneur. Have you heard of it? I have heard, I've heard Jimmy talk about it. And I yeah, think I Jimmy fun. works quite a bit with Josh and I know Ryan's a big fan. I'm, I'm a fan of this the, the things the guy has to say in that book too. So uh, especially for the Christian listeners. And I should point out here, you know, our, our audience is full of all kinds of folks with different worldviews. But I think the Christian listeners specifically will really enjoy Evangelpreneur by Josh Tolley. Tell him I sent him your way, sent the book your way if you do end up reading it. Uh, but it really makes a great case for families need to have a business. Even if you've got a career, you need to have a family business, something you can be involved in, as a family, do as a family. The kids can see the product. They can hear dad on the phone. They can see mom, you know, taking care of business. The lessons that are built into that are just incredible for mm-hmm. any family. You don't have to be a Christian family, but he ties it back to the Bible, specifically mm-hmm. biblical references about the value of having a business in the home and let alone the stability of it that it can bring. You know, there, there's very few ways to truly gain wealth in this world. Having your own business is the best. I often think of the replants model as kind of like a uh, kind of like a mutual fund. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people they jump in the stock market, they try to get that you know, two or three hot products, and then the stock crashes, and then they've lost a lot of money. That's a great so, analogy. Yeah, yeah. The it's a, it's like a mutual fund approach to investing versus picking winner and loser stocks. That's right. I mean, even our best product that we sell, um, we sell about 140 units a month of that product. Um, but that product is not, if that product, something happens to that product, we still, still got several hundred products. You're an inch deep and a mile wide. On that one product, you're maybe three foot deep, but you're not miles deep on that one product, which is what a lot of people do. They go all in and fill their garage and then try to sell. And that's just, you know, that's picking a stock and building your future on that one stock, which right. very few people will recommend that course of action, unless they're probably selling some kind of expensive course, which reflects the private label model, <laughs> mm-hmm. the big flashy cars and the piles of cash and the gurus with that $10,000 course teaching you how to sell one product and you know roll the dice on that one. That's beautiful. That's a great analogy. I've literally never thought of that before. It is, it, it's the mutual fund. And, and then back to Dave Ramsey, he calls you crazy if you buy individual stocks. Why would anybody ever buy an individual stock? That's insane. Buy mutual funds. Yeah. Play the long-term game. Right? That's right. And that's the biggest that- again. Absolutely. Because um, replants is a, it's a long-term game here. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. It definitely is. And uh, so even I'm curious on that one, your best selling product, how many months worth of product do you guys keep on hand? Oh, uh, we've never had more on hand than probably more than like three or four weeks. So right. a few weeks ago, I was able to get about just over a hundred of those products. Mm-hmm. And we've almost sold out of all those. If not, actually we've sold all of them. 
And that was about four weeks ago. So your so, strategy on your best sellers becomes send in a few every few days. And if the price tanks and competitors come along and wipe it out, you cry for three seconds and you move on because you've got 700 other products that are selling every day <laughs> or at least a handful a month, I should say, to be more accurate, right? That's right. That's right. And we, you know, we, we don't want to have to drive all, all over town looking for one product. Right. And so, and if we run out of that product, then we'll just work on getting other products that we need and we'll come back to it next week. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Are you guys doing anything on any other platforms besides Amazon? You talked about, you know, the you know seeking that stability of multiple income streams. You talked about that a little bit. Are you guys on eBay, for example, doing anything there yet? No, no, no. We, we one of the things we one of our goals for twenty twenty one is definitely we, we need to hire staff. We've got to hire somebody. Yeah. Right. So you're not there yet. It's just the family is the team right now. Right. Gotcha. Yep. We want to look into wholesale and um, getting into the legends group and kind of getting advice from them. Maybe what? Yeah. Oh, so you guys aren't in the Legends group? No. I'll stick no a that, that's our very next step after this podcast. I will stick a link in the show notes today for those who don't know what Legends is. I'm not going to do a big promo, but I would love to gift you guys six months access in there. I know Ryan, he'll, he'll back me up on this for being a guest today. I'll get you guys in there. That is a phenomenal group. ProvenAmazonCourse.com slash Legends. And it's like a family atmosphere in there where they really, you know, it, it's... A smaller group. We have our sixty thousand member Facebook group, and that's kind of come one, come all. You never know what you're going to get. We talk about all kinds of income streams all day, every day. In the Legends group, really dial it down. It's basically arbitrage strategies, mm-hmm. and a lot of families doing it as a family. Uh, a, a really solid culture that's just you know that you get from a smaller group of people who are kind of focused in on yeah. replans and arbitrage and that sort of thing. A lot of tools that are specific to that group for... Yeah, so great. That's, I'd love to get you guys six months. If I forget to do that, please ping me, okay? <laughs> thank you thank so you. much. Yeah. As a, as a, thank you for being on the show today. That, that I think that would be a really cool thing for you guys to experience. Um, yeah. We haven't shared any dollar figure numbers yet. Great. I want to hear cool. you know, whatever you're comfortable with. Again, there's never any pressure here, but talk us through the the parts you're comfortable with on you know where you started that first... Day you found 76 items. Okay, so what'd that mean in the bank account a few months later? Talk us through this. Okay, great. So one of the things we want to make sure we highlight is we're talking through these numbers. It's not just what our sales numbers look like, but what our profits look like. ROI, yeah. Yes, that's right. So ROI is return on, on investment. For those of you listening, don't know what ROI is. If you don't know, it's okay. I had no idea at first either. Usually I ha- I'm the one that has to keep an ear out for the acronyms. So I love when the guests do it for me. <laughs> So we um, so that first month we um, we we sold uh, we had one thousand three hundred and twenty nine dollars in sales in December twenty nineteen. Uh, we jumped up pretty quickly. We jumped up to about four thousand in sales that very next month, and then we jumped to about just over five thousand in February. And then COVID happened. COVID happened in March, and uh, next thing we know, uh, our sales jumped up to about uh, twelve thousand dollars that month. And that it was a real turn, the first real big turning point in our business. Uh, up until that point, we were making a little bit of money. We weren't really making money until um, March, April timeframe. Um, we started turning five digits. So, uh, so we hit about 12,000 sales and we stayed about 12 to 17,000 sales all the way through the end of the summertime. We stayed kind of steady up and down just a little bit, ebb and flow. Uh, we continued to source new products all through that time. 
We were sourcing anywhere from 30 to 50 new products each month. Our high water mark during that time was uh, April. We sourced 50 new products in April. Uh, let's see here. So yeah, it looks like we had 45 in January, 32 in February, 48 in March. So we just You are a record keeper. I love it. Yeah. He's a numbers guy. I That's am why this guy. business is so great. He's a numbers guy. I'm like, just, I don't know what numbers they are. Oh, that's <laughs> one year, not the other for me. God does that. You know, he puts numbers people with artists, right? <laughs> well, I remember reaching out to Jimmy like in June and saying, Jimmy, you know, our sales aren't really growing, but we're, we're, we're doing the best we can. We're, we're going to keep going and see where this goes at the end of the year. And, um, you know, he, you know, he was very encouraging. He said, no, just keep at it. Of course, I, I didn't realize, you know, the summertime can be kind of slow. But for us, we were steady, which now we know that was really good for us to stay steady where, where we were. For sure. So well, we, something else I love about replens, the model is it, it a lot is very little of it's seasonal. We don't get excited about the Christmas special Oreo red green bags, for example. Well, yeah, no. we might grab some and sell them and make some money, sure. But we want stuff that's going to sell year round. And I love that right. you said over half of those replens that you found a year ago just been nice, mm-hmm. steady year round sellers, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I mean. It's screwdrivers and sandpaper and, you know, baby food and a three pack and stuff that just sells year round. It's not the seasonal spike up and down Easter bundles, you know, that's great. Get excited about it. Do it if you have the time. But the replens model is I'm going to sell five this month and next month and next month and next month until competitors come along and decide, you know, to drive the price down somehow. I'm going to sell about the same every month of this product. And, mm-hmm. and it's boring. It's a pretty boring catalog. If you make a catalog of your replens and try to get people to shop out of your catalog, it'd be the most random, boring catalog of products ever, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, so August came around and um, the school called me. That's done a long-term the substitution. Assignment. Yep, that's right. And said, hey, we need somebody like right away. And um, so I, I jumped in to the school and uh, after a day of us uh, getting ready for teacher work week, I was excited to be back at the school. Somehow we were going to keep up the business. I didn't figure that out. Um, at the end of the day, I get a call and uh, they tell me, uh, well, a lot of the kids are dropping out, going online for the year because of COVID. And so uh, since you're the one that doesn't have a teaching certificate, we got to let you go after one day. <laughs> wow. It's like, okay, well, I'll just go back to uh, to running a business. And so, that, yeah, that was a sign from God, definitely to leave the teaching to the side and put all our energy towards the business. Which would yeah. end up being a major turning point. Because uh, that September, we started changing some of the ways we were doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we were sourcing new products like we had always done. But we started playing around with the frequency of how much we were, we were sending stuff in and how yeah. much we were sending in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in September, we did about 14,000 14 to 15,000 sales. But then something happened. Uh, once we changed the frequency of the number of uh, shipments we were sending in, our numbers started going way up. Um, in October, we went to about 20000 We had our first $20,000 sales month. Um, by uh, this past December, we jumped all the way to $27,000 in sales. And uh, this month, we're looking at numbers just over $30,000. $1,000 a day. Yeah. It took you yeah, over a little over a year to get there, and you're at $1,000 right. in sales a day. And what's that's your right. ROI? Inventory Lab cranks that out for you, right? Yes, that's right. So uh, I was looking at that. It looks like we're averaging about 20% or so, just right around 20%. Nice. Okay. So um, so that's uh, on $30,000, it's about $6,000 Six. in profit. Yeah. So you're, you guys are making more money 
than uh, you know people who people are going going to college, going hundreds of thousands of dollars into debt to make less money, significantly less in many cases than what you guys make on a business that's flexible, keeps your family under the same roof. You work when you can. You work together as a family to do it. Uh, just you know, contrast the different options that you have out there in the world to generate this that kind of income. And you're on an upward trajectory. It's not like you've settled here. As you guys start to hire people, yes, your margins will go down a little bit, but your time will be freed up. And you can be doing the parts that only you can do. You've heard me talk about that before. So imagine you guys are freed up and the only part of the business you ever do is finding new replens. Someone else does everything else and it's out of your house. Mm-hmm. Someone else does all the other pieces. You know, that's within your grasp now. Yeah. That's phenomenal. I'm so excited for you guys. I can't wait to see where you guys are six months, a year from now. So it's been incredible to see how much we've jumped just in four months' time. Uh, and just just changing our methods around a little bit, mm-hmm. doing a few things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And shipping more frequently, you mentioned. Yes. The Tell me what you mean by that. Instead of shipping once every week, you're shipping a few times a week now? What, what, what do you mean exactly by that? Give me some specifics. Okay, so we started shipping twice a month instead of once a month. Gotcha. And at the beginning, we were just shipping the same amount of products. But now we're selling so many units of products. Uh, we're starting to uh, break 2,000 a month, over 2,000 units a month. We're two, two times a month or two times a week. We're saying, well, let's try to do three times a week. And uh, we're finding, wait a minute, this is a little too much. <laughs> we're, we're not even going to keep up anymore. And, and that's okay because our, our, our numbers are so good. Yeah. Um, we're going to we'll change our methods again and probably have to hire somebody very soon. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's going to be the, the mental block you have over hiring the first person is, and there's so much to this. I don't want to take the time to have to train somebody to, to learn all this. And what you discover every single time is that person picks up on it way faster than you thought they would. And I mean, you guys learned 95% of what you needed in 48 hours, right? <laughs> now you were motivated and you had some skin in the game, but it really doesn't, you, some of the simpler parts of this business, it's not rocket science. Talking about putting tape on a box, you know, I'm talking about weighing it before you send it and getting the order right. You can teach someone to do that. Send them the videos, put them through the training themselves, you know, pay them to go through it, right? You've got a you've got someone who's better at it than you are because they're not distracted within a week. They're better at it than you are. And you've been doing it for a while, but they're seeing things, they're improving the process. They're like, hey, you know. I used to have a job and we use this tape gun instead of the one you get. The one you guys have is kind of cheap. It's like, I can go a lot faster with this. Like, all right, sure. And before you know it, they're better, faster and cheaper than you were with your own time. And uh, it's just, a, it's a beautiful thing. But I do encourage you, as I encourage everyone, when they talk about that first hire. And again, this is like Dave Ramsey theme day because I learned this is another one I learned from Dave Ramsey. He's got a good book, um, Entree Leadership. I talked about Evangelpreneur by Josh Tolley. Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey, another great book. One of the lessons that uh, he talks about in there is hiring that first person. Who do you hire? And the first person you hire is someone who doesn't make your life more convenient. You don't give them the stuff that you don't want to do. Sweep the floors, pick up the dry cleaning. That's not the first person you hire. The first person you hire is someone who is putting money in the bank. Because once you've proven that you can teach someone else how to put money in the bank, meaning find replens, Right now, you're generating revenue that you wouldn't have had otherwise, and you use that 
to hire someone to put tape on boxes and to sweep the floors and to pick up the dry cleaning, right? Mm-hmm. And that starts to free up your time in a way without stressing your income and wondering, ah, can we afford this person or not? Well, yeah, you can afford them. They're bringing you money. So just as a little encouragement, not that there's a wrong way to do it and free up your time, but I like to see people do it that route because it's a perfect, it's a very safe path to go down. Again, if we're talking slow and steady, right? So maybe bring them in to do some shopping and prepping, but also, hey, here's how you find new replants. Train them. Yeah. Right? So they're bringing in income. Well, that's awesome. Uh, so the ROI is pretty steady. Has it, has it changed over time? I'm curious, like, have you guys gotten better or has it settled down a little? Like, where are you at on your ROI table compared to when you first started? Um, I think the ROI has come has come down a little bit. So um, besides running the business out of our, out of our house, we, we did hire... Um, Jimmy's mom to, to help us with the bookkeeping side of things. She's so, great. She's actually putting together some accounting content for us right now. We're going to have an accounting course soon for replin sellers. Who better than Jimmy's mom <laughs> to help <laughs> yeah, us with that as a community? So I have a feeling she's going to get a lot of business and that's beautiful. I want her to have to hire a team. Yes, I think she's started that. Um, and that's one of the things when you start a business, you don't think about like, accounting, the business license, like all these things, like it's part of it. Um, you might not need it day one or day 30, but you're going to need it. Right. Right. So uh, ROI was probably close to 25% in the beginning. And so now we're, we're definitely more around the 20% mark. Right. But but it looks you've, like got a, you've got a lot bigger numbers. You're managing a bigger process. That's right. Yep. That's right. So we've been about 20% now for probably the last three or four months. Gotcha. Well, that's beautiful. I, I love your guys' story. I love hearing... Maybe let's finish here. Like, what, How do the kids contribute? Are they, What's their role? What's their response to all of this? How's it impacted your family from that regard? Um, well, our teenager, she's um, yeah, 16. Well, she'll be 16 next week. Um, she, I, I think for her, it's just eye-opening. Like, okay, we're doing better financially, you know, because of this business and our parents are both at home. I think she's, I mean, she hasn't said it, but I, I think she's just able to see like, this is a blessing. This is a good thing. She's, I've even told her like, Hey, if you're interested in selling some things online, I can show you. And um, I think she definitely sees the potential there for herself. Yeah. Well, whether you guys realize it or not, and I'm just a little further down the road, like my youngest is about where your oldest is. Not quite, but pretty close. So I'm a little further down the road. My oldest is in his mid-20s now, coming up on it. Mm-hmm. But all five of our kids have a built-in entrepreneurial spirit. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is, sure, they, they'll be a great employee if, if they were to choose to get a job somewhere, but that's never going to be good enough. They'll know there's opportunity everywhere. You, there's things you can do from home to provide value, to serve others well, and to make some money and to have flexibility. And you're going to plant those seeds deep inside of them of expectation of what it means to earn money. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, you know, the, the typical version of that is, hey, go get a good job. That's how you earn yeah. money. You have to go out there, work for someone else. Mm-hmm. We're rejecting that in our house. You know, that's one option, but that's, mm-hmm not the only option and it's arguably not the best option for many, many, many of us. Yeah. And so your kids are learning that. It's built in. They're seeing it all around them and they're going to grow up without you guys sitting down and saying, hey, this is what an entrepreneur is and this is what it means to work from home. They're mm-hmm. seeing the object lesson every day. Absolutely. You know, we talked about the different 
culture in the family almost. It just feels different. There's a different vibe. There's a different routine and schedule. They've noticed the difference. The stress level. Kids, you might as well have a thermometer on top of your head. You think you're hiding it. You're not, parents, mm-hmm. right? We're not. They, they know when we're stressed and when we're not. They know when we're getting along and when we're not. And they just that different vibe in the household is... You're, they're learning lessons. They're seeing yeah. it. So you've you've built four entrepreneurs, even if you don't realize it. Yes, yes. <laughs> They've got and this stuff in their head. So good job. She's actually been, uh, she has a couple of, um, um, what is it called? Like, well, she has a push office box. She, she has a, she a, has a PO box yep. and she actually does kind of sell and receive photo cards and music cards and CDs. And, oh, that's great. Like on eBay? No, um, Instagram, just... Oh, just talking to her, following on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, just able to sell. So in a way she's already doing, and I'm just encouraging her, like, you're already doing this. You could do it in a higher scale. You can order... Would you, send, would you send me a link to the Instagram page? We might send her a few uh, interested buyers on some of her products. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll see about that. That'd be great. Send that to me. We'll stick it in the show notes for the listeners. <laughs> Silentgym.com. Uh, look for the... What's her name? Her name is Isabella. Say it again. Isabella. 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 Basically, English pronunciation is Isabella. Oh, Isabella. Isabella. Oh, I yeah. got you now. Isabella. We, we call her uh, Isa for short. All right. So go check out Isa's Instagram page, and if she's got some cool stuff, man, there you go. <laughs> she's gonna like kill me. Let's wipe out her inventory from a bunch of old people. <laughs> <laughs> I want to mention uh, to our sons, David and Daniel. Uh, David and Daniel will sometimes come into our room or put stickers on on products. Say, hey, can we can we do that? And so they'll come in and help out. Yeah, we'll give them a you know a quarter or two quarters, but they know that they're working for money and that this work brings in money for our family um, ah, and hard workers. And then our baby, Lucy, she was a little fussy this morning. So I, this morning I was uh, putting some bags and putting some back, uh, poly bags inside of our inventory. And to, since she was a little fussy, I just had her sitting in my lap while I was doing that. Yeah, you can work with them right there. That's right. It's incredible. Yeah, I've, I've had the policy. My, my office door is right here and my whole family knows if the door's shut, I'm probably recording. So unless... It's an emergency. You know, don't bother dad. Mm-hmm. But every other hour of the day, if I'm in here, the door's open. Anything I'm doing can be interrupted. Phone call, email, messages, you know, yeah. typing, writing. I can be interrupted. And whatever they have on their mind is as important or far more important than what I'm doing at the time. And that's just an incredible thing to be able to give a gift to, to me and to my family. I've, you know, I've had my little girl walk in with drawings. She's grown <laughs> up knowing that daddy's right here. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can literally hear her. You can't hear her, but I can hear her in her room, which is right next to me, laughing her head off with one of her friends right now. I think she's probably supposed to be doing her homeschool, but I don't think she is. But mm-hmm. I love it. She's right here. And she knows I'm right here. Oh. And uh, it's just an incredible way to do life and to do family. And we're blessed for this opportunity. Really is. The, the biblical way. Yeah, that's right. You know, sometimes I hear people say, well, we're not really a homeschool family. I'm like, if you've got kids, you're a homeschool family. Now, you may use the public education system to enhance that, but the parents are responsible for the education, yeah. right? We're all schooling at all times as parents. Uh, whether we're doing a good job of it or not, that's up to you. But you're, you're educating your kids mm-hmm. constantly. Whether you realize it or not, they're getting an education. Um, so, well, hey, God bless you guys. It's been cool hanging out with you. Was there anything else that you wanted to share? I don't want to cut you off, but I think this was a fantastic episode. 
Well, we, again, we're just so grateful for this, this time with you and to encourage hopefully many, many listeners, um, if they're starting this business with their, with their partner, with their husband or wife, um, be patient with each other, work together, Mm. um, work in your strength and let your partner work in their strength. And, um, you're working towards the same goal. Um, encourage each other, listen to podcasts. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely doable. We're definitely want to encourage those that are working together as a couple. Well, I, I would love to see just um, sitting here and, and enjoying hanging out with you guys. I wish it could be in real life. Uh, because you just got such a vibe, such a servant's heart. You've been in ministry. You know what it means to care for others and to, to show that empathy and to really care to try to get them to a better place in their spiritual walk, you know, physical, financial, in every way, helping people live a better life. That's what ministry is. You guys just kind of, it comes out of everything that you do and say. And I can tell that you guys have leadership written all over you. I can't wait to see these other income streams. I think they're going to come from leadership roles. You guys are comfortable in leadership. You know the bumps and bruises that come with it. It's, it's not a cakewalk to lead. And I know I grew up in a pastor's home. I know the kind of crazy stuff you hear. And, and it's the things that happen. You know, people are people everywhere. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean there's not drama, right? Yep. But you guys have kind of been weathered through that. You've weathered that storm. So I think the next streams of income for you guys might be some leadership roles. And we're always looking for great content leaders and content creators and coaches and people who want to step in and fill a gap in our, what we have to offer around here. That's how the team has grown. Uh, so as you see those things that kind of resonate with you guys, please, you know, let us know. Uh, okay. I've got leadership written all over you. My, from my vantage point, I'm excited to see where we go from here. Um, also on it. Yeah. I think, um, we really, of course, appreciate being on the podcast and a couple of things I want to share, particularly for the, for the new sellers. Please. Um, so uh, as a small groups pastor, uh, one of the persons I used to uh, to listen a lot to was uh, Pastor Steve Clayton. He's a small groups pastor at Saddleback. Steve Clayton says that everyone has 168 hours a week. And so I would like to encourage anyone who's starting out in this business. You do have time to start this business. It's a matter of what you do with hours that you have. That's good. Yeah. So you don't just have to look too long to find things. You're like, I could cut that out. And Netflix, I've been on a mission lately. If you're watching Netflix, any, I'm talking about any, and you're saying to yourself, I don't have time to do this business. Get rid of Netflix, turn it off, shut it down, unsubscribe, get that thing out of your house and start making some money. You will thank me six months from now. I haven't had one person yet say, Jim, I'm so angry. You made me turn off Netflix six months ago and do this business. Not one. Because <laughs> you don't realize how many hours you're spending watching Netflix or whatever yeah. it is, Disney Plus or whatever it might be. So. Um, you know, I, the other thing I would say is uh, in Second Corinthians 5, 7, it says that we live by faith, not by sight. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely this uh, thing that you hear in, in circles about, you know, the opposite of faith is fear. But our, as our pastor was teaching a few weeks ago, you know, uh, you're saying, you know, it's probably the opposite of faith is probably not fear. It's sight. It's what you see. Because a lot of times we let what we see mm-hmm. keep us from walking in faith. Because That's we see something, good. we have a perspective of, oh, I'm scared now. And then we don't do it because we're scared about what the potential risks might be or what's going to happen. And we just, we've got to walk through, we've got to walk through the storm. We've got to walk through the fear. Uh, oh, I that. love that. You know, I'm reminded of, 
you know, another one of my favorite authors. This has been like a Jim's favorite author episode. And I, I keep this book handy because I reference it a lot. But one of the lessons from my good friend, Rabbi Daniel Appen, Business wow. Secrets from the Bible, he talks about uh, how the Hebrews almost have this instinctual understanding of business, money, finance, and the way the world works based on the 2,000-year-long longitudinal study we have of these people who have followed biblical principles, many of which are atheists, mind you, but they follow these principles. One of them that, that they kind of understand culturally is if given the option, and this ties into what you just said about the opposite of faith, not being fear, but maybe it's sight, right? So let's go off on a tangent for just a second, hang with me. But if I gave you the option right now and said, you've got 10 seconds to decide, unfortunately, you're going to either lose your ability to see for the rest of your life, or you're going to lose your ability to hear for the rest of your life. You have to pick one or the other which would you choose? And I encourage the listeners to kind of go through that. Maybe you've heard that exercise before. I think I've mentioned it on other podcast episodes. But he says, most people would say, I want to be able to see. I got to be able to see. Take my hearing right now because if I lose the ability to see, my life just changes dramatically. Mm -hmm. And he'd say, you'd be foolish to take that option. You'd be very foolish because we're most easily fooled by our eyes. It's one of the Mm -hmm. most easily deceived senses that we have. Your ears, however are vital, not only to being wise, but to relationships. Because if you can't hear, you can no longer effectively communicate unless the other person happens to know sign language and you've learned it yourself. That limits you to about one out of every 1,500 people on the planet that you can even communicate with effectively and easily without Mm -hmm. a lot of extra effort. That's going to impact your ability to have relationships. So I love kind of that lesson like, we rely on sight a lot. And we talk about, and the other example he always gives is like, how many guys do you know in their 50s that made a stupid decision and ran off with some woman that wasn't their wife? And it was because she sounded nice. No, it's because she looked nice. And they regret it. And they made this horrible, stupid decision because something looked, looked good. Yeah. Right? And they regret it the rest of their life then. And it burns all their relationships. Uh, so I love that. Yeah, I think, uh, not that, seeing things is bad, but we walk by faith, not by sight. And that is great. The opposite of faith isn't fear, it's sight. I can dig into that for a while. That's fun. (laughs) Not when you go to a seller's at your local retail store looking for refunds. Want to see the products up there. See the dollar bills, potential dollar bills that might be there for your family. Mm, Yeah, you got to see see the bigger picture of what you're building not the products mm-hmm. in front of you, right? See the customers. That's the thing I encourage people to see the customers that you're serving right now. You yes. know, somewhere there's a single mom with four kids who has a birthday party tomorrow and she needs this. Yeah. And she's willing to pay an extra $4. Of course she is because it'll be on her porch in time for the party. And she doesn't mm-hmm. have to get in her car and drive across town with four kids to try to find whatever that thing is, right? There's mm-hmm. real people receiving these products and you're providing them the convenience and time they need to live their life well. That's what we do. We don't mm-hmm. sell you know, mustard. <laughs> we sell a birthday party where the hot dogs actually have mustard because mom didn't have time to go out and do it. And right. Dad forgot it. So party saved, right? They're, 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 we sell experiences in, in these products. So think of those people who are actually on the other end, um, not just the products themselves, but I love it. Any other lessons you had for us? You guys are awesome. No, I mean, we could go on all day, but no, oh, I think... Of course. <laughs> Well, we'll have to do it again. Mark your calendars for me, if you would, guys, you know, six, eight months or so from now. 
hit yeah. me up. Let me know how your business is doing. Okay. We'd love to hear back from you. And okay. I just have a feeling you're going to be stepping into some leadership roles of some kind, either in our community or in some other way. The world needs what we've got in more ways than one. And we know that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so let's keep being business building warriors and, and spreading truth and love and, and doing what God's called us to do. God bless that beautiful family of yours. And uh, tell your soon-to-be 16-year-old, I said, happy birthday, if you would. <laughs> and send me that link. We're going to wipe out your daughter's Instagram uh, inventory as a goal here when this episode pops out there. Unless she's too embarrassed and doesn't want us to do it, in which case we won't. <laughs> but all right. Well, I'm going to talk to the listeners for just a second. Uh, all the business building warriors out there who have joined us today. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, as a reminder... If you go to silentgym.com, you'll find a whole bunch of episodes that aren't on YouTube, a bunch of audio-only episodes, so many great episodes that we just didn't get video for. So if you enjoy this, go subscribe at silentgym.com. And there's a way to get notifications too of new episodes. You can join our email list, but you can also jump on our Telegram list, which is a free app, and you'll get a little heads-up alert each time. And that's... 99% of the time when we use Telegram, it's just to say, hey, new podcast episode. We're not selling you stuff or sending you spammy messages. It's just a way to stay on top of our podcast. So there's that too. I haven't mentioned that in a while, but God bless all the business building warriors who have joined us today. Thank you to our guests, their beautiful family. We'll hear from them again in the future, I'm sure at some point because they're on a great path. And then we'll have another episode for you guys real soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.